Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Real Live Talk. This is a brand new podcast that's really just about having good Christ-centered kingdom conversations with men and women that are doing amazing things in the world and in the body of Christ. For this episode, I sat down with Pastor Kevin Cook. Kevin is the president and founder of Lasting Impact Ministry, as well as the lead pastor at the River of God in Romeo, Michigan. Let me just tell you that if this conversation is for anybody, and I believe that anybody will get some good value out of this, but particularly if you are a pastor or minister or leader of some kind, Kevin shares some amazing insight and wisdom into helping you avoid burnout and fatigue and so many of the pitfalls that often are associated with life and ministry. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple or Google or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it, I just want to say how much I appreciate you for being here. And if you get any value out of this, if you would consider subscribing and maybe even sharing it with somebody, uh, that would really mean the world to me. So thank you again. And now let's go ahead and jump into the interview with Pastor Kevin Cook. Man, so good to see you, sir. Oh, man, you too. It's been so long. Yeah, so this is actually uh, the first time we've spoken since probably, like, is it since Elam? I mean, besides texting, besides, tech, you know, messages, but I think speaking face-to-face, -face, more or less, I think this is the first time this has happened in probably, like, 13 years. Yeah, <laughs> 14 I'm years. telling you, I mean... Back when I think I shaved like uh, once every week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now how often do you shave? Every other day, whether I need it or not. All right. See, I ask the hard hitting questions here, man. This is what this is what people want to know. How often you shave, you know, what your favorite color is, all that kind of stuff. So this is this is real live talk, man. We do it. We do it. But, real. but in anyway. the elf, <laughs> what's your favorite color? <laughs> exactly. Ah, that's the second reference that this podcast has had to uh to that movie to elf because when i oh when I, when I when i posted that i yesterday when i posted that i was uh doing an interview with kevin cook today that was alex seidler's meme it was it was buddy the elf going like i'm so uh it was it was that scene where he's like i know him anyway it was so good <laughs> santa <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin Cook, man, so good to see you. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, this is everybody, oh, the second episode of Real Live Talk. And um, yeah, Kevin Cook, we go way back to Elam Bible Institute and college days. Um, Kevin is currently the president and founder of Lasting Impact Ministry. I really want to talk about about that. So we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, but also the lead pastor at the River of God in, um, what's the name of that town? Romeo, right? Romeo, Michigan. Romeo. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for being here again. Um, let's, uh, let's jump into it. Well, first of all, how's everything? How's the family? How you guys been through this crazy season of this past year? Oh, hey, listen, you know, with every bit of craziness, there's always opportunity. So uh, you know, we are, we're doing really well. Uh, my, uh, you know, Kathy's doing great. She's, uh, uh, very successful in, in the area of, uh, uh, financial advising. She's uh, actually getting, she's taking the next step and getting licensed to, uh, be a full fledged uh, financial advisor. And wow. she has been setting up people for success in the area of finance for, 
um, oh, geez, last several years. She's been doing such a great job with wow. helping people get on the right track so that, you know, they can, especially people in ministry, right? Because, you know, it's one of the real problems in ministry. And, um, and then on top of it, um, uh, my, uh, you know, Jimmy, my oldest son, Jimmy, him and his wife are doing great. He's a naval officer and they're getting ready. Uh, they and their two sons are getting ready to go off to Germany as a, uh, a liaison to the German Navy from the U.S. Navy. Wow. Uh, so cool. And, uh, uh, my daughter, Taylor, uh, she um, she's married. She has two and one on the way. Uh, and uh, she's um, she actually helps dad out with uh, uh, our websites for the church and um, and the lasting impact. And um, she's really getting even greater involved in the ministry there and administratively. And then my youngest son, Timothy, with, with mm. little bruiser, little bruiser. He's uh, he's uh, getting married uh, wow. at the end of this month. Oh, my right? goodness. Yeah. Wow. So, you know what that means? Empty nest. That means right? I'm actually going to start making money and be able to keep it. <laughs> that's just like, that's such got to be such a foreign concept at this point. Oh, my goodness. There's a God in heaven. He loves me. Oh, he does. He does. It only took, what, like 30 years? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> to get there. Maybe not 30, 30 years. I don't I'm not trying to I'm not trying to I'm not trying to put put extra years on you or anything. Sorry about that. Uh, no, it's all right, man. It's all right. Yeah. I just I just I just turned 60 and uh uh I no, don't feel didn't. old. Oh I did. I uh, yeah, I don't You're feel serious? Old. Oh, totally. You don't look a day over 59 and a half, man. Dude, I love you, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> I feel highly No, if I'm being really honest, like I would legitimately say you don't look a day over 40 and I'm not just <laughs> saying that cause you're on my show. <laughs> no, you look th for real. I would never have guessed that you were 60 years old. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, Jimmy, he's 33. He's 33 this year. Wow. So, yeah. True story. Wow. I just turned 35 last week. Did you really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. It's, cr it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, time is flying <laughs> oh my god yeah i've got a i've got a 10 year old son and a six-year-old son no um, way yeah that's yeah. crazy considering you know denise is like what uh 18 wow yeah she still looks like she's 18 or 19 yeah she, does. <laughs> she really does <laughs> yeah yeah she, she's still 27 we don't uh you know we don't we're not we're not putting her in the same boat as me right now but yeah, she's doing great. She's doing great. That's so um, good, and hey, let me just say, because um, I know um, my, my wife had the privilege of spending a whole lot more time with you back in Elam Bible Institute days than I did, because um, you guys did Kingdom Force and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah. uh, you know, she she knew you as PK. I only knew like back in the day, I, I knew you as Brother Kevin, um, you know, but do, do people uh, do people still call you PK? Is that still? You, you know, I, it's funny. You can always tell when you meet people from different uh, eras, if you will. And and uh, so if, if it's like prior than the last, uh, you know, maybe uh, 10 years, then, yeah, they call it. They, I generally they'll call me PK. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nowadays, do, do people uh, just call you like people in your congregation? Do they ca just call you pastor? They call you Reverend Kev. What do they call you? <laughs> Yeah, they call me Pastor. Uh, I, I uh, some people in the community they know me as Rev Kev. 
especially people through the chamber and stuff like they know me as Rev Kev and uh, uh, I just figure, you know, just call me what you want. Just uh, yeah. just be following Jesus. That's all yeah. that really matters. Yeah. Amen. Well, what I was going to say was uh, that, you know, I know you had a, a major impact on Denise's life, um, you know, back in the day. So uh, thank you so much for that. And I, I wanted to point this out just before I, I get in. I do have some questions for you. Um, but I did just want to say, because we, we all have these moments that we can look back on in our lives where, you know, we were impacted, where things things shifted. Um, and you were actually a part of one of those moments for me back in Elam when I was in my freshman year. And I don't know, I, I don't remember ever having had a real, like, we shared some words, I'm sure, here and there during my freshman year. So I'm like an 18, 19 year old kid. Um, that thought knew some stuff and didn't actually know anything. Uh, but anyway, that first year for me at Elam, <laughs> I um, I was somewhat checked out. Like I had only signed up for one year. Um, I wouldn't. I hadn't signed up for the full the full boat. And even at the end of the year, I was still uh, in my mind. I was still leaving after that year. And um, I had kind of, in some ways, in my mind. Um, well, let me just say it like this: the the people that I spent 90% of my time with at Elam, not including Denise, because Denise, we started dating that, that spring semester, um, you know, 16 weeks were over and we were like, let's <laughs> no, but we, uh, uh, excluding Denise, 90% of the people that I spent most of my time with, um, were not there after the first year. So when I, when I did decide to come back, I was like super nervous. I was like, I don't know anybody. I didn't build any relationships with people that are in my class. And it was amazing to see how people, how, how my class really did embrace me. And, and uh, I was really blown away when I got back uh, that second year. But anyway, long story short, it was the end of that freshman year. And in my mind, I was leaving. There might have been a week left in school. And you actually stopped me in the cafeteria. And you won't remember this. Or if you do remember this, I'd be very surprised. But you stopped me in the cafeteria. And you asked me a question. You were like, hey, so, um, you know, I hear that you're planning on leaving after this semester, something like that. And I don't remember what I said. It was probably something really lame. Because, you know, you know how you'll, you know that you're saying something that's not true, but you'll say it in a certain way to try to convince yourself that you actually believe it. So that's what I was doing. So I was like, yeah, well, you know, I think I'm supposed to go and like study business and like whatever. And I just had these ideas in my mind and uh, just trying to kind of justify it. And anyway, you said something to me so simple, but it really, it, it shifted my, my perspective. You just said very simply, you said, I think you need to rethink your strategy. And then you walked away. It was like an encounter with an angel. You know how like it was one of those things like an angel walks up and is like, hey, don't get on the plane and walks away. Like that's what it, that's what it was like. It was one of the things that I just sat there and I was like, hold on. Like Kevin Cook actually knows who I am because I had been in oh, hiding yeah. most of that year, not really developing relationships and kind of being afraid of the faculty. And I lived I was in like a lot of condemnation type stuff back then. And I and and anyway, it was just it was just weird. But. Um, but the fact that you saw me, that you actually knew my situation and that you took a moment to just kind of like grab me and to say something. And I know that it was the Holy Spirit. And, um, yeah, it was just one of those things that caused me to rethink and reevaluate. And with like within a week's time from that point, I was I was signed up for for the full load, the full load to come back the next year at Elam. <laughs> 
and uh, ended up, yeah, it was amazing. So, so yeah, so thank you for that. Um, again, I'm sure you wouldn't remember that because it's such a small thing. Um, but to me, it was a big thing. And so thank oh, you because that did really have an impact on me. Bless um, God. Oh, well, you know, that place is like that. You know, the Holy Spirit is moving and I, I, I you know, uh, I confirmed uh, my calling into ministry, you know, there. And uh, with the same kind of craziness, you know, somebody just stops and goes blue and you go like, where did that come from? Yeah. Wow. How do they know that? And uh, I'm well, but bless God, I'm so thankful that I would, you know, be a part of, of uh, something so, um, so powerful for you. That's awesome. Man. I love yeah. the way God works. Yeah. So cool. Um, so what have you been up to since Elam? I, I think we left. Um, well, I graduated in 07. Um, mm -hmm. I think that was around the time when you let, not that you ever leave Elam, but you know what I mean, as far as, <laughs> as far as your administrative role and, you know, faculty and all of that, was it around that time or? It was uh, like, you know, as soon as I found out you were leaving, I was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what a lot of people did, more. man. I can't explain it. That place just fell apart after I left. <laughs> the car. Let's go. <laughs> just no, kidding. Kathy Elam's and I doing actually, great. We sold the car. Yeah. We sold, we sold everything we had and we went to, uh, uh, we went out to the South Pacific and we were missionaries out there for a while. Yeah, I do. I remember hearing about that. It's coming back to me now. So, um, how long were you, how long were you out there? We were out there for about a year and, uh, and then we came back to the United States. Wow. Yeah. And it was a what very was... interesting time. It was great. It, you know, in hindsight, it was, uh, it's great. You know, it's kind of like, um, you, you know, you were using a Paulism, uh, uh, brother Paulism uh, in, in the first show uh, in that I, the, the part that I caught and I um, like one of the ones that I always enjoyed about that he shared uh, of course nobody really enjoys the process is about the grape you know and, and it can be yes. in the, the fruits in the in the just you know right there and the little water spraying it and everything and oh, it looks so good and juicy but you really don't know what it's made of until it's sweet yeah yeah Absolutely. And so it was a great time of squeezing, uh, you know, to see what would come out. So God was making some some wine. That's what he was doing. He was making some wow. wine. Come on. Come on. He's so good at that, too. And uh, mm -hmm. and so often, I, I think when we get into those situations, we just want it to end. Um, but for God, I think when he allows us to walk through those difficulties, it just it, it allows him to, like you said, to show us what we're made of. I think that God is so into that. Um, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and to give us those opportunities to to really play out the things that we've learned, because if we if we don't ever have those opportunities, we're just learning, learning, learning. We're reading the Bible. We're getting filled up. We're doing all this. But then we never actually have the opportunity to to go into conflict. Like, I think even over this past year with all of the conflict that's been, you know, surrounding our lives and ministries and everything else, there's been this sort of like underlying thought of, you know what, like we can complain and we can go in the same direction as, as everybody else, or we can recognize that we were actually made for this moment that we're in, you know, mm -hmm. that we were, we were made for this because, because we've been made in his image. He lives inside of us. And he's given us everything that we need. 
Um, and he's so good and he's so faithful. And so I think if we, you know, just keeping your eyes on him in the midst of whatever you're going through, um, that that goodness of him is always going to be produced, you know, through your life in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I did since since that time was uh, while I had started uh, Lasting Impact Ministry, I actually had the privilege of building an anytime fitness. And one of the things you find out when you wow. get into the fitness field and and uh, and uh, at that time I was already doing marathons and triathlons and um, was you know very health conscious and, and um, uh, it, it was a time when you find out you know you know how muscle is actually made dude it's it has to tear yes your muscle your tissues actually have to tear and rip so that they bleed and then it builds muscle that's how muscles built and so sometimes you we don't like it but we have to go through the difficult tearing uh and and, uh and and sometimes and and bleeding in order to get to the place to get the strength to get the endurance that we need yeah yeah i didn't recognize it then because honestly when i came back from there uh i as i'm riding in the uh flying we're flying in the plane i actually had a vision of the plane going down and the oxygen mass coming out. Wow. And I had felt so hollowed that uh, it was like in ministry, I felt so hollowed that it felt, it was like a, like a deer hanging in the, a gutted deer hanging in the garage, you know? And, and uh, I, I had this vision of the masks falling and I, I, I couldn't even get my own mask on. And I, and here I had my children that I needed to get their masks on. Mm. And so it was, uh, it unfortunately was probably something that was very necessary for my life, uh, and, and what have you, but, uh, it was, it was devastating at the time. Wow. That's heavy. You know, I think, I think that faith is the same way. You know, the, the disciples, they, they asked Jesus, um, you know, increase our faith. And Jesus' response was, hey, guess what? If you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll be able to say to this tree, be pulled up by your roots and be cast into the sea and it will obey you. Mm-hmm. And so their perception was, hey, Jesus is doing all these amazing things. He has lots of faith. We need what Jesus has. And so their perception is, I need more faith. Give me more faith. I think that's a lot of times where our thinking is, Jesus is like, hey, it's not really even about more faith. You have faith. Take the faith that you have and begin to use it. Because just like you said, that muscle... That's like it's it's torn apart that that muscle has to be uh, used and worked out. And then it actually has built within itself the capability to expand and to grow, you know. There you and go. So faith is, you know, he said it's like a mustard or if you have faith as a mustard seed, what do you do with a seed? You plant it. And then within that little tiny seed, which doesn't look like much, is the capacity for all of this growth and all of this increase and, and everything else. And so if we'll just begin to, I think step out with what we have, the boldness that we have, the faith that we do have, we begin to use it. It's like we're sowing it and then the increase comes, you know, but I think so often yeah. we're just like, give me something else. Give me more. And uh doesn't really work like that in the kingdom. <laughs> God wants you to use what you've yeah. got, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I hope that at this stage in my life, I hope that I'm in a place where, you know, I can, I can be uh, not that I've had not that I've been sitting on any shelf, but 
at least I hope that God's been able to make uh, a decent wine, mm. uh, you know, out of, out of my life and uh, yeah. even out of my family's life, because it, it was very devastating for my family. And it wasn't the only, uh, you know, time in ministry that we had. We had, we, we had one other time when that was, uh, I mean, very devastating time, wow. but, um, uh, but Hey, listen, let me tell you something, you know, you just can't allow those things to tread on you. Those are the times when you have to step on the neck of the enemy and use that as a launching pad for rising up higher. You know, those yeah. are the times faith, real faith, a faith of a mustard seed says, listen, you have a calling or you have a purpose and you have a situation that, that uh, is, is uh, going on, but you can't allow it to rob your purpose and your calling. You can't allow it to destroy to disrupt what it is that God, the process that God is doing. Come on. Go with the flow and watch where he goes. That's what I'm saying. Come on. Um, so do you think, was that a catalyst for you for starting Lasting Impact Ministry? Uh, or what uh, it, would you say? It, it in and of itself was not the catalyst. Uh, the mm -hmm. second um, very uh, big disappointment and, uh, and discouragement in ministry uh, was. And when okay. that happened, on the uh, and if it hadn't been for the first time, I would have been out of ministry on the second one. You know, it was like the enemy trying to again wow. to just rob you of of everything, every bit of dignity, every bit of anything uh, in your being that God had built up. You know, the enemy's is trying mm. to tear down. Yeah, we go like this can't be happening in the church, and you, but it is. And but God uses God doesn't. You know, everybody goes, well, you know, well, it must have been, the, you know, when this difficult thing happens, it must be the will of God. No, you know what? I think man from the days of Adam, since the days of Adam has been messing up God's plan. <laughs> and, you know, we've been messing it up ever since, right? Wow. But yeah. because Romans 8, 28 is true, he's working things, all these things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so we got to hold on to that in faith knowing that whatever the situation is, God's working behind the scenes and he is going to bring it forth great things from it. Just like I was saying about a wine, you can't have a premier wine without crushed grapes. It can't yeah. happen. Yeah. You got to yeah. tear it from the vine. It's got to come off the vine. You, those grapes are got to get crushed pieces of it. You know, no longer the skin, the vine, no longer part of it anymore. Just the best part. And that's what God does sometimes. He, he's, he's looking for us to be the best versions of ourselves. Not like he set that up. He didn't set it up to go like, uh, hey, I'm, I'm going to torture you now. Uh, that wasn't his doing. But right. what he did do is he says, you know what? I love you. I don't want you to lose your purpose or your calling. Don't forget it. Hold on to it. Grab that mustard of faith. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving through the process because in the end, you're going to be a fine wine, baby. Love it. Come on. Come on, Jesus. Love it. Um, so tell, uh, tell me and anybody listening, um, what exactly is lasting impact ministry? Um, maybe a little bit about, you know, when you started it, how you started it and, uh, really what the heart is behind that ministry. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when I was in the middle of a, a great disappointment in, in ministry back in, uh, 14, I think it was the, um, I, the Lord spoke to me and said that 
I want you to stay here one year. Mm -hmm. And I, and maybe for a millisecond, I was like, what? But I, but it, but it really wasn't any longer than a millisecond. And I really did to the day I stayed there one year and I did it. And this is what, this is what happened during, like I've done maybe five things, right? Ministry. Okay. I've done five things, right. But this was one of them. And, and, uh, was listening to the Lord when it would have been so easy to walk away and go, forget you people. Yeah. Uh, and then the, uh, but God's saying, Nope, I want you to stay here and I want you to keep your head held high. And, and it was the smartest thing I, th I think I've ever done in my life. And, and, uh, so I did, I stayed. And during that time, um, a couple invited my wife and I out for dinner they said, hey, listen, during dinner, they go, hey, listen, we, we brought you out because we wanted to see if uh, you were interested in um, starting your own church. Now, I had no idea what had taken place, right? And because uh, they were occasional attenders. And we go, I go like, wow, that's interesting. Why do you say that? And they said, uh, because we've got a half a million dollars we want to give you to start Whoa. your own church. And immediately the Lord spoke to me and said, no. This is like three months into wow. that year. This is three months into this year and the, into that year. And the Lord said, no, I mean, immediately he just goes, no, it wasn't, it wasn't mean. It wasn't, you know, threatening. It wasn't like, you know, yeah. or I'm going to smack you. It was just, no. And so I just went, no, I, 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 I'm so appreciative, but honestly, as awesome as that is, um, I just heard the Lord tell me, no, he goes, hmm. are you sure? <laughs> Yeah. He goes, <laughs> you heard right, what I well, said, you right? Your mind, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Three days later, Duke, three days later, someone, another couple invite us out and same story, almost the exact same amount of money. And I'm what? going like, am I? And the Lord said, no, no. Wow. Well, I, when that year was up, when that year was up, I had, the second person had come back and said, gave, literally gave me a business to build an Anytime Fitness in Rochester, Michigan. Literally gave it to me to build, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and, and about four years later, I was able to sell it, right? And uh, build it up to 500 uh, members and everything. But the Lord cool. uh, shifted me uh, into a senior pastor role in addition to lasting impact. It's, it's a, you know, it's a lengthy story, but the point being is that, um, when that year was up, the Lord said, you know, you could have built your own kingdom. Wow. Come on. Could have built your own kingdom. It's your kingdom. If you did, your kingdom would have fallen and my kingdom will come. And what he was really saying to me was this, my motive would have been, I'll show you if I had done it, but instead mm -hmm. God showed me. And he gave me the pleasure and the privilege to build from the ground up a club, make it successful, turn around and sell it hmm. so that I could go back into ministry. That's awesome. I've never forgotten that. And it, it was, and I tell you, I think he, he honestly, I think he just did it for my own um, so that I, he would know that my, my that I had worked. And that anywhere I get anything he gives me in any place he puts me, he's going to be right there with me to help me to, to make it successful. And I'm, I'm like, so 
you know, I can't, I can't take a bit of credit for any of it, but I just praise him because for the opportunity, because he was teaching me so much through those scenarios. Now, imagine if I had started my own, my own uh, church, by right. the way, it would have been in the same town as the church that had where, where the, the, the challenge was. And, oh. and what would I have done? I'd have done nothing but self. It would have been total ego about um, and, and, and would have divided the church. Wow. Right. Called, caused a giant division in the church and to whose glory. Now, our motivation always has to be thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on the earth. As wow. it is that's so amazing because that's such a obviously well two really seemingly incredible opportunities that were presented to you um but just that willingness to follow god just that willingness to respond to that simple leading of his voice um n- because trusting him enough like that confidence in god to know that he's got something that's so much that's that's better for you you know in any time that anytime that we try to build something in our own strength, we then have to maintain it in our own strength. You know, mm-hmm. anytime when I take something and I'm trying to build it outside of the grace of God and, you know, what God is highlighting and breathing upon in my life, then that's just on, that's just me. That's on me. And that's when it becomes really, it becomes difficult, it becomes frustrating. That's where, like, I think a lot of burnout comes from. That's just where all of these messed up things that happen because it's a counterfeit. It's not, it's not his plan. It's not what he's got for you. Um, and so that, that confidence in God that you're talking about is so key of just being willing to, hey, I don't like where I'm at right now, and you're offering me something that's a, that looks amazing or sounds like it could be amazing. But if God's not in that, then we're not going that way. It's just not worth it. Yeah. And I, and I would have been, it would have been so scary to be doing it out of my own motive, right? Yeah. For my own motive, yeah. which had no godliness to it whatsoever. Would have, you know, that would have not had any godliness to it, you know, whatsoever. And I, I learned from a, a gentleman that I was talking with yesterday, a great man of God, uh, a 25 year pastor and another 30 years running another ministry. And he says to me, he goes, you know, with the problem with pastors, one of the problems that pastors run into is they think they own it. Yep. They own the ministry. They own it. You know, it's their ministry. And you go, see, it's never our ministry. We're caretakers at best. Yeah. At best. <laughs> yeah. We don't so own we anything. Take care of the ministry in his strength, not so that we don't have to carry it and have to work and, and maintain it in our own spirit. So good. Our strength. So good. Um, so when you started Lasting Impact Ministry, um, what is what was and and is your your goal, your heart? Um, what is it that you're looking to do with pastors and ministers um, through Lasting Impact? Duke, ultimately, the goal is, is is to change the face of ministry across the the, the globe. It really is, and. Um, <laughs> And I say that so humbly because every time it comes out of my mouth, I go like, who the heck do you think you are? <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know what? I'm just a servant of the king. i just a servant of the king. That's all I am. I just really yeah. believe that that's really what he's called the ministry to do. And, you know, this past year has, has um, uh, made it difficult to really reach out to people. And yet 
it opened up doors to reach out to people in certain ways that you wouldn't have been able to do before to, to minister. But it's, its purpose really is to come alongside like Aaron and her to the Moseses of the world mm. and to help them to keep their hands up so the battle can be won. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Um, so what does that, what does that look like? Um, how, how do you, how do you come? So do you come alongside of, um, is the goal maybe, and maybe it's more than one thing is the goal to come alongside, um, pastor. Is it, is it geared toward pastors or ministers in general? Well, all ministers will benefit from it for certain. Okay. Uh, but it is geared uh, maybe more towards the pastor and the missionary who are heading up organizations. Okay. But it's really for any minister because, you know, whether you're a volunteer or you're leading something, you still have, the, you know, lots of uh, discouragement that you have to overcome and, and burnout and so on and so forth because we have a real enemy who hates us and wants to destroy anything that good that we're doing for the kingdom and for the king sure and and so what we're trying to do is to encourage the uh and, and equip the pastors and missionaries and ministry leaders to be their very best version and we find the best way to do that is in this is to understand that there are eight perspectives for making a lasting impact in ministry and one of them for example would be become unoffendable mm. imagine if you had an unoffendable Huge. perspective wow imagine how much lighter ministry just got imagine how much easier was it something i, I said <laughs> yeah <laughs> facebook Facebook was all like, nope, we're not going there. It shut, him down. Like it, it shut him down right now. No, I honestly don't know what just happened, uh, but I think, <laughs> I think we're okay. Yeah, we're good. I see. Uh, we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Uh, but I, but so, so it's really is to, to help, uh, help pastors and leaders to understand these perspectives, like, you know, the unoffendable perspective, because when you can be really free um, to walk out your ministry without this hurting your feeling and this offending you and this upsetting you and this not going right and this discouraging you and now you're depressed. I, I equate it like, you know, I was a, a Navy dental tech and, uh, uh, and uh, corpsman, uh, excuse me, field corpsman in the, in the Navy. And I liken it to that, like going out where the wounded are pulling them into a safe place, getting it, and then beginning to treat them uh, to, so that we can get them to, to a place where we can get some uh, you know, serious long-term care. And the, and the reason for it is, is because, you know, the, you know I've, been, I've done a lot of things. I've been a Navy vet. I've, I've been a, a vice president of a computer software company before I went into ministry. I ran a small chain of photo finishing labs. I know that dated me. That was a long time ago. But, but the, but the, um, but the thing that it really, you know, that I, that I really realized, uh, in all of these things is that, um, 
you, if you if you quit, the only way you can the only way you can truly fail is if you quit. Yes, yes. It's the only way you truly can fail. You can do a, a, a lousy job. You can you can try and, and it not be complete and 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 you're and really the very best. But then make it the best. Then yes. fix it and make it yeah. the best yeah. that you can. But keep moving forward. And but what happens is like when 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 in in battle. What literally happens is, is people usually start out in a foxhole and then the battle is still raging and then they start digging a trench. And then pretty soon there, you know, you, you start digging a deeper trench because then you want to be able to stand up in it. But here's the problem. The trench is not a place that you can win a battle from. Right. Yeah. And if you stay in that in a trench, people who stay in the trench, they get sick, they get dysentery, wow. they, they become, uh, they can't, they have to. They, they can't, they can't uh, uh, function properly and, and they just retreat to this place and they hide out there and they, they put the, the, you know, the cloak of I'm okay and just getting through. Uh-uh. That's not what God created us for. God created us to get through and move forward. Come on. So do you find that, um, and again, maybe it's both things, uh, but do you find that your ministry is more geared toward helping people avoid burnout and you know fatigue and stuff like that to begin with or do you find yourselves more coming alongside of people that are already in that situation and helping them walk through it uh, that's a good question it would be great to be preventive uh in this and we're able to for some but usually where it is that we go to minister begins with somebody who's stuck in the trench mm -hmm. and so what ends up happening Happening is that so for example it, it looks like this we have a couple of different things that we do one is we have in america we have a thing called the lasting impact weekend we meet with their we meet with the pastor we meet the pastor's family we you know because i'm gonna tell you something the enemy hates pastors spouses and kids hates them mm. you know how many times have you heard about you know a pk right right a pk yeah and like like that was a curse right right well, yeah. forget that. We're not going to have that be a curse. That's just ridiculous. What we need are people to have others come alongside of them to encourage them and kind of guide them. I'm not here to tell people how to do ministry. I'm here to help people understand how they have the right mindset so their ministry is effective. So good. Yeah, I imagine that um, most of us don't. I don't know. I think that that. A, a lot of us as ministers live under false assumptions that, you know, we're always going to be okay. In other words, I would just think that um, logistically trying to get to people before there's a problem is probably pretty difficult because most people probably wouldn't consider themselves even being in that, in that situation. I don't know if it makes sense the way I'm expressing that or not, but. Yeah. To that point, Duke, just recently I had a pastor uh, who finally, who's no, who's, we've known each other for five years. He just recently came to me and let his guard down and share with me after his wife had left him for four months. Wow. That's when, that's when he decided. And you know why? Because uh, too often we pastors are insecure, myself included. We're insecure sure. and the enemy knows how to play that insecurity. He like he he plays that like a worship leader plays guitar, and and uh, and he will play on that thing so that pastors won't stand together. 
which is part of what it is that we do on a Lasting Impact Weekend. We're trying to unify the family, unify their leadership, uh, find out where the serpent is, is uh, sticking up his head, unify the local pastoral uh, uh, people. You know, so pastors who actually get together and stop this goofiness, like, so how many people do you have in your church? How many right. people do you have in your church? Come on. How, is, how, how much giving do you have? How much yeah. do you send to missions? Who cares? Yeah. Are we expanding and, and elevating the kingdom of God? Come are on. we accomplishing what it is that we're called to do? And are we doing it with the right mindset? Listen, if I had the wrong mindset, Duke, I would have built my own church. And you know what? That kingdom would have fallen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to bring that back up because what you were saying, it's so key, building your own kingdom as opposed to building the king's kingdom. And if we're not building his kingdom, then what are we doing? We're not, we're not, we're, there's no point. There's, we're not doing it for him, then what's the point? And I think that that's where, that's one of the places anyway, where a lot of that comes from the burnout and fatigue in ministry and getting into that, you know, foxhole kind of setting as you were talking about. It comes mm -hmm. from having misaligned priorities, misaligned expectations all of that, you know, and, and if, if our oh, focus yeah. is him, if our focus is Jesus, if our focus is making him famous instead of, like you just said, all that stuff that we put such a, like, like that's how we define the success of a pastor. How many members do you have? How big is your budget? How big is your building? How many facilities? Like all this kind of stuff. Really? And uh, yeah. it just, it just leads to so many, just, again, just having those misaligned priorities and ideas of what ministry is supposed to be about it just leads to really gross stuff and it's a it's it's the plan of the enemy it's not just something that happens it's it's his it's his scheme you know against against god's people yeah yeah uh, yeah i hate to give credit uh, to him but he's yeah he's very good at what he does yeah i'm thankful that god is perfect at what he does amen amen so uh i wanted to bring something up. So in, um, in sort of preparation for this, for this conversation, I Facebook stalked you a little bit. Just going to put oh, it out Lord there. Yeah. So, uh, no, but on your, uh, on the lasting impact ministry, Facebook page, you have this in the, like the description, you have this whole list of, uh, statistics basically, oh, yeah. and you know, negative statistics and, I would just encourage um, anybody listening to this, uh, go visit the Facebook page for Lasting Impact Ministry. Just search that on Facebook. And uh, first of all, show some support, like the page. But uh, check out that description because I think it's really, um, it's really sobering and it was really staggering to me to see some of the statistics. But as I was reading through that list, I think either the first or second one right at the top was uh, that... Uh, the majority, the vast majority of pastors admit to working 55 to 75 hours a week. Um, and it's just crazy. And, um, but when, when I was going down that list, I was reading some of these statistics and I kind of, I could kind of just imagine, and, um, this is just my imagination, but I could just imagine maybe the average person reading through that list, uh, maybe, um, you know, maybe, probably a good amount of even church people reading through that list and having this kind of tone while they're reading it. 33% of pastors admit to da, 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 right? And just having that tone of, uh, you're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to be a pastor. You're supposed to be a, a, a minister. You're supposed to be whatever, you know, and sort of that sort of tone with it. And 
I, I, I think that um, I, I love like where you're coming from, from the standpoint of compassion and recognizing like, hold on, like these are people. Um, we're all we're all people. We're all people. We're all flawed, you know, oh, yeah. um, and recognizing that. Hold on. Like this is a real thing. Like this is a real thing. It's a real problem. And we need to do something about it rather than just coming from this standpoint of condemnation and judging and all this kind of stuff. I, I honestly I think that people do that. Like, I think that a lot of times people will read the words of Jesus and they'll have that same sort of like salty tone in their voice or in their head thinking about Jesus. Like when Jesus says something like, um, you people will by no means believe unless you see a sign, stuff like that. And just assuming that Jesus is like this salty, angry Christian coming at stuff like that and failing to see throughout the gospels, the love, the affection, the compassion that Jesus had for people. You know, and, and I think that that's so key. I think what you're doing is so important. That's why I wanted to, you know, spend a good amount of time talking about lasting impact and what you guys are doing, um, because I, I just I just think it's so key. And I I, um, I applaud you for the work that you're doing. Uh, really, really do. It's it's such a joy. I, I love I love when, you know, we'll leave somewhere. Uh, my, my wife will come with me or my uh, attache Chris, he'll come with me, uh, you know, overseas. And I love when we when we're we're leaving and people are emailing and they're just saying, "What a great impact!" Or pastors in the United States, you know, because it, it, we're ministering to the in the United States during a weekend. We minister to the family. We minister to their leadership teams. We minister to the congregation. We're creating unity in all of it, so that the pastors can become the real pastors that they're supposed to be in, that the, the leaders come alongside of them and be the Aaron and the hers, that the congregation comes along and, and they don't, they're not the people who go like, oh no, we, we can't go in there. We can't go in there. Listen, God said, go take the land. What are you even questioning? Let's get together in this and let's yes. take possession of what God has already taken possession for us, uh, you know? And, and then when, so when we go overseas, we take, we minister to uh, individual pastors. We minister to them as groups. We minister to their leadership teams and their families in the same type of format. Uh, and, uh, but we, when we all go overseas, we do a couple of extra things. In order to set them up for success, if we're in a place where water is a, you know, clean drinking water is a problem, we actually implement water purification systems at their church or at the pastor's home to set them up for success in solving a serious community need. Yeah. Wow. Right. Plus we equip them. <laughs> we'll be just one second, everybody. All back. right. You're, you're back. You're back. <laughs> you know, Dr. Brick Cliff from nation to nation. Yeah, he we, we implement his schools uh, where so that pastors who cannot afford to 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 study the word of God, they get the word of God. Now they become co more confident and courageous at what they do, what God called them to do. Come on. So good. We're just trying to change the kingdom of God to, for, for, for all for his glory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. 
Um, what would you say? Um, and we're we're starting to run out of time here, um, so we'll start wrapping this up. But what would you say? Because I know that um, the, all kinds of people will be watching this, but because of the circles that you and I <laughs> roll in, uh, probably uh, quite a few ministers, um, you know, pastors, leaders will be will be taking a look at this. So, what would you say? And maybe it's not one thing. I don't know. But what would you say would be the 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 biggest thing? or one of the biggest things that a minister needs to do to prevent or protect themselves from getting into that kind of boat of, you know, again, like the burnout, the fatigue, the potentially falling into, you know, temptation or sin or something like that um, in the busyness and the hecticness of ministry and all of that. What's, what do, what's something that a minister really needs to focus on in order to avoid that in their life? The, the number one thing they have to remember is this. The family is part of this calling. Wow. They are an essential part of this calling. They should never take second place to the church. Wow. If I could change anything in my, you know, the only reason I, that, that I consider myself having any expertise in, in all of this at, at all is because I did it so miserably poorly, you know, bad, I, I, that, that I had to do it the hard way and do it the wrong way in order to go, oh, this mm. is absolutely the right way. Wow. Um, but making the family uh, number one. Like, you know, bottom line is if, you know, <clears throat> Ron Luce, who was the president of, of um, Acquire the Fire, yeah, he used to make this statement in leadership uh, um, circles. He would say, anytime that his wife, I think her name was Katie, anytime Katie says, listen, I want you to stay home. I need you to stay home because life is real and we go through real things. He would stop. He would cancel a whole acquire the fire, uh, you know, uh, event wow. at some stadium. If she said, I, I need you to stay home. I always admired that. I thought that was, and if only I had listened to him, if only I had listened to him, then mm. I, we had been able to avoid a lot of the challenge and difficulty and disappointment in ministry uh, for myself and for my family, for my kids. And, and um, uh, I, you know, I just did that so poorly, but oh, now, let me tell you something. Church does not get in the way of my family. My family's number one, and their number, their number, you know, I mean, obviously God is number one, right? Sure, yeah. But God is not my ministry. Right. God is down here after my family, right? I mean, excuse me, my ministry is down here right. after my family. And in uh, and, and, and keeping that in, in perspective, uh, you know, one of the things I learned from my daughter just recently, and I'll tell you this real quick, I used to bring kids from my teens, from my ministry to my daughter's games. I thought it was killing two birds with one stone. But my daughter would tell me later, but daddy, it, I just wanted it to be you and me. Mm. I see people in the restaurant right now. And before I would have, you know, made the circuit, go around the restaurant, say hello to right. everybody. Nope. Right my family and by the way just as a side note i leave when i when i go to dinner with my family and my spouse my my wife and i go to dinner because now we're empty nesters 
just thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Come on. I leave my Won't cell phone it? in the car. Yeah. I leave wow, my cell good. phone in the car. That's good. I don't put it on the table. There's no one is going to contact me. If somebody died, guess what? They're still dead. They're still dead when you get out of the restaurant in two hours. Yeah. They're already dead. What can I do? I mean, my family, they can't die. They, I can't leave them die on the vine. They're my mm. number one ministry. And that all by itself would make a major improvement for any pastor or missionary or Christian leader. I love it so much. That's such good wisdom. Um, oh, it's so good. I'm really grateful um, that that where I'm at, um, that that's that's been it's been a pretty big focus. Um, I'm grateful that my um, my senior pastor, he he's always had that. He'll just kind of he'll actually prompt me every once in a while. He'll be like, um, "Hey, um, take a break from this," and like he'll even you know some sometimes he'll he'll even pay for it, and he'll just be like. Um, take your wife out, you know, go do this. And I'm so, I'm so grateful for that because, because yeah, I mean, you can get intoxicated with, with ministry and the time. And especially when ministers begin to find their worth and their value in what they're giving away to people, um, in, 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 in an, un, you know what I mean? That can get so unhealthy so quick to where yeah. you always feel like you've got to do, you've got to perform in order to do, you know, in, in order to be, worth it you know what i mean like you're always trying to prove yourself and it, it again it can just just get so deceptive and lead to all kinds of nasty stuff and so recognizing that your family that the people that god has surrounded you with as yours as as your loved ones that 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 is your first ministry you know that 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 my that my wife and that my kids that that they're my first ministry and so maintaining that first um, actually positions me to take care of everything else. It actually positions me to be a better leader, a better pastor. You know, Absolutely. If, if my home life is messed up, then what am I doing? You know, my ministry is ultimately, I think, going to be a reflection of what I'm doing at home. You know? Oh, yeah. And so this year we're going to celebrate in June, 4th of June. We're celebrating 33 years by a miracle of God. We're celebrating 33 years and some of them were excruciating because mm. I was doing it all wow. wrong. Wow. Let's do it right. Let's do it right. Pastors. Come on. Come on, everybody. Leaders. Let's do it right. I love it. Can you, can you give me one more minute? I wanted to just, I just wanted to ask you one more thing. Um, I know yes, we're, sir. I know we're up against the clock. Um, I'm good, bro. Your church, um, uh, River of God, right? Um, your, uh, I'm assuming, is this your motto? Belong, believe, become. Yeah. Is that like the the motto of the, of the church? I saw that on your yeah. on, on when I was Facebook stalking you. So, belong, believe, become. Can you real quick um, give me give me the heart behind that statement? Absolutely. The heart of it is that listen, in our lives we cannot do it alone. Christian leaders, we can't do it alone. We have to belong. We have to be able to have a place where we belong. The church is the greatest family of all. I'll tell you, it's so good. But, but, but it's, but it, so we need a place to belong, right? And, and, uh, and then to, when we belong, you realize you have a place where you can belong. 
no matter what your no matter where you came from no matter what has ever happened in your life no matter your greatest and all the accumulation of your failures listen the church is a place where you can belong and secondly mm. when you come and you realize that it's okay for you to belong there we want you you're invited then you will come to see the truth of who god really is in the person of jesus you will believe you can't help but believe because it's the truth that's staring you right in the face and when you belong and you believe, then you'll become everything that God designed you for before the foundations of the earth. Love it so much. Whew, that's a good place to end, man. Um, I, man, I love it. I love the fact that you didn't. Uh, I really love the fact that it didn't say believe, belong, become, because it could have easily it, it could have easily gone that way. Um, I but I love the fact that, you know, even looking at Jesus and the way he, he called his disciples, he was like, hey, come and follow me. And they began to follow and they didn't really yeah. know exactly what they were getting themselves into. They didn't have any idea really at the beginning what they were getting themselves into. And they didn't really, um, they didn't believe fully at the beginning. They just began to follow. And when they came into that place of, of, of being united with him and in that place of relationship and friendship and that place of, you know, being an intimate part of his life and, and then seeing what he was doing, that yeah. their belief their their belief in him was developed over time and i think that that's so important that people know that that like you can actually belong to god before you believe perfectly before you have perfect theology because <laughs> after all these years i still don't have perfect theology by any means but you know that you can that it's about belonging that he just wants people he loves us so much he wants relationship he wants our heart yeah. he wants us to you know it's okay like you can actually make a heart decision to follow Jesus, you know, and your head maybe still has to catch up in terms of does this all make sense and all that kind of stuff. But it's actually OK, um, because yep. God just he he wants people because his love and his affection and compassion is just so great. Um, he's so good, man. He's just got it figured out, right? <laughs> he so has the plan. Let's work the plan. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks again, uh, Kevin. I really appreciate you. Thank you for your time. You really came through for me, too. This was a last-minute reschedule kind of thing. Um, you filled in a gap that I, I didn't have a plan for, and I appreciate you so much for doing that. Uh, really enjoyed this first conversation we've had after, like, 13 or 14 years. Um, so good. I'd love to have you back on um, at some point if you're, if you're down for that. Um, totally. Yeah, love it. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, Kevin, uh, real quick, just tell us where where people can um, find you, how people can connect if they want to know more about Lasting Impact Ministry or maybe if they want to know more uh, about the church or anything else that you've got going on. Uh, Lasting Impact uh, Ministry I, do, do, uh, is, uh, if you look up Lasting Impact Ministry on Facebook, River of God, uh, Ro Romeo, uh, you'll get those on Facebook. They'll take you to the to the to the websites and uh, and uh, the, and of course, if you hey, listen, if you want to reach out to me personally, eight one zero three three eight five seven eight seven. Bring it, operator standing by. <laughs> you just put that out there, huh? Absolutely, bro. All right, let's change Love the it. world. Love it. Come on, let's do it. All right. Well, thank you again, sir. Thanks everybody for for listening. You guys have an awesome day. I'll be back with you with uh, episode three on Monday. Take care.